If you have been sick and have been trying to navigate health insurance to get the most out of your health insurance while paying the least, you know that health insurance is a total bear. Health insurance can be a total pain in every regard. It can be a pain to find providers who take your insurance. It's a pain to be told your insurance will cover one amount and later you get charged a totally different, usually much higher amount. And it's a pain that insurance doesn't cover many of the things we want it to cover, things that will actually help you get better. Why is insurance this way? And how can you actually use your health insurance to make it work for you instead of feeling like you're fighting it all the time? This conversation I have today is not about insurance reform or politics or voting. This is about with the system exactly the way it is right now, what can you actually do to still get the healthcare you want or need? To host this conversation, I had a conversation with a special guest that I am so excited to introduce you to, my father. Dr. Mark Downing is a pediatric surgeon in Southwest Michigan who's been working in healthcare and the hospital system for more than 25 years. He's seen a lot of shifts in healthcare, not only through his career as a physician, but also throughout the last 100 years of healthcare that he studied. Dr. Mark Downing has a deep passion for seeing everyone be able to receive healthcare and to have to turn no one away due to financial problems. But he also sees firsthand a lot of the problems that our current healthcare system creates for both individuals and the system itself as someone who both has his own health insurance and someone who has to deal with it on a daily basis with his patients. Dr. Downing also shares today some of his unique wisdom he's gleaned on different ways people approach getting health care through his experiences doing international surgery and also working with communities in the U.S. such as the Amish who inherently have no access to health insurance. How are people getting healthy in the U.S. and around the world with or without health insurance? And how can you take your current situation, regardless of your health care insurance status, to still get better health outcomes for you and your family? We're tackling all this today and more. And to note, this episode pairs really well with last week's episode with financial expert Catherine Pomerantz, where we discuss Catherine's top tips to make your health more affordable. Check out our episode 182 if you want to hear more on that. And in general, if you want more episodes like today's episode, go to betterbellytherapies.com dad and fill out the short form to let me know if you want more episodes on health insurance or with my dad. Hey friend, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Do you want freedom from bloating and constipation? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling natural constipation remedies, causes for bloating, or recipes and exercises to help constipation? Are you frustrated with the mind game of trying to figure out what foods are helping or hurting your gut? Hey, I'm Allison, mom, wife, and functional gut health practitioner. At a young age, bloating and constipation were my constants. I didn't know what to do and wished I could just live a normal life focusing on my passions, my job, and my family. I was tired of abdominal pain that woke me up at night and wasting time and money on gut health remedies that just didn't work. Breakthrough moment, the functional medicine and osteopathic approach to gut health. In this podcast, you will find natural remedies for bloating and constipation, practical, doable belly exercises and massages, and debunked myths about what really is causing your tummy problems. So toss out those laxatives and say goodbye to that embarrassing gas. Your gut health is calling. 
And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. So why don't you, Dad, can you take us back to how did insurance even exist? Like right now, what we're currently experiencing in healthcare is generally a sense that it should cover everything that we would ever need to make us healthy. And there can be a lot of frustration when we have limits on that care, whether that's how many PT sessions you can get or who you can see as a provider. But, you know, a hundred years ago, this was not the case. Can you, and you've actually studied that uh, just because you like learning about history. Can you just talk us through why did health insurance even begin in the U.S.? So it's important to remember that 100 years ago, we had almost none of the medical care that we currently have. Uh, insurance was uh, developed uh, during World War II when um, wage uh, controls were placed on workers. And since there was a shortage of workers, uh, since uh, many adult men were uh, fighting for the war effort, uh, one way for companies to attract workers was to offer health insurance. And uh, that was the beginning of health insurance that was uh, derived from your employer. Um, and that became um, an easy and expected way to have your health insurance. At the time, it was a relatively... Uh, inexpensive fringe benefit, um, but what we've seen over the the past eighty years is that it has become uh, an increasing cost for businesses um, that no longer make it a um, a given that a company can, should, and will provide healthcare insurance. Um, Additionally, uh, each decade, uh, health care has become more expensive, not only because of inflation, but because of uh, technological advancement. And each one of those technological advancements um, results in care that is more costly. Um, so I think it's important to understand the concept behind insurance, uh, we all have um, a pretty good idea that when we get automobile insurance, we don't expect it to change our tires or our oil or to provide a waxing um, or cleaning, but rather that it is intended to uh, meet unexpected large expenses um, that uh, would otherwise be unanticipated. And the, the whole uh, financial idea behind insurance is that an insurance company is going to pool the risks um, and make money by paying out less money than it takes in. Perhaps we shouldn't call what we use as health insurance insurance 
at least based on what it seems like people's expectations are. Uh, that is that um, even a small copay uh, can be enough to dissuade someone from uh, getting um, uh, health care um, that is routine or standard um, and a an expectation that all of those Expected costs for every person every year uh, should be covered by insurance. Um, and that's okay to do that so long as everybody understands what the, um, what the vehicle is, is providing. If, if you expect every little thing to be paid for, uh, the insurance company still has to make money at the end of the day. And so their way of making money is by people not accessing insurance coverage that they have and by um, uh, limiting um, things that are not deemed uh, useful toward health. Yeah, my Jay and I had this experience. You're talking like one of the things you brought up just now was the difference between like insurance for cars and also like home insurance, right? Like I hope I don't have to use my home insurance in an, in an entire year. I don't have to try and access it or submit a claim because it's a pain and it means something horrible happened, right? Um, where health insurance, we're having to interact with it all the time, whether it, if you have it, it's dental and it's vision and it's medical and you're trying to wheel and deal your way through it. You don't actually know what you're paying for. And recently, Jay and I, my husband, we he switched to an employer who didn't provide health insurance. And I had spent two days straight. I don't know if, <laughs> Dad, if you knew about this, Mom knew about it. Just like digging into what does it actually cost to get preventative care? Like I had to call all these dental offices up and say, what is a preventative care appointment cost? And they, first off, they didn't know right away. They literally thought, they were like, why are you asking this? And I'd have to sit there for like five, 10 minutes, like no joke, while they're like, I don't even know where to ask that. Find that. Let me go ask somebody because even the front desk people like just don't have control. They're so used to using these things where we don't even see the cost of our healthcare. But at the end of the day, it was really interesting that I, once I got the numbers, at least for dental and medical and for example, or, or like a, a regular annual visit with my doctor and some annual testing, um, like pap smears and stuff like that, it was cheaper to get my preventative care and pay in cash than to pay through my, like we, we had the numbers from our employer, what, what we were getting pulled out of Jay's paycheck prior to get all medical, dental, and vision, we would pay less in a year if we just paid cash for the preventative. Now, of course, you're now wondering, well, the insurance is there for the big crazy things. If you need a crown or you need something going on with your vision, you need you need a surgery, yes. And so we ended up getting a specific type of healthcare that is non-traditional, that will cover at least everything medical, like broken bones and pregnancy and delivery, but we are paying way less, even though we're paying cash. But the cash shift 
was really scary. Like I didn't know what any of the numbers are. And what, what's happened with we, having insurance and not knowing what our numbers are, not knowing what it costs. Like we know what a laptop is generally going to cost, right? Maybe a low end is going to be 500 and a high end can go in the multiple thousands. Or we know what bikes cost or we know what cars might cost. And you can look and be like, wow, that's a really affordable car because we were used to playing with the numbers. But with insurance, we're like super separated. And what it does is it, I found it, it, reduces my ability to even feel that I have ownership over my health and just almost feel like a victim to <laughs> to like what insurance is saying, now you're going to pay this bill. I got sent this bill for like $500 almost a year after I had my daughter um, because it was just like this extremely long delayed thing. And I was like, I wasn't planning on paying $500, but if I pay cash for my dental appointment, there is no second bill that's going to come a year later. Um, do, you, do you have any thoughts that you would add to that? Just some, some of what I'm sharing of, of seeing insurance. I mean, you sort of started a conversation insurance as is it supposed to cover everything or is it, you know, why is it covering all these small things like the car equivalent of filling your gas and or the, the human version of buying groceries? Like, why are we expecting it to cover that? Do you have any answers on that or thoughts? <laughs> Hey friend, working on your health shouldn't be something that is taking all your mental energy and focus from your day-to-day living. You shouldn't have to plan your days around trips to the bathroom or siphon out your best energy to manage all your symptoms. You can live in a way where you have the energy to get through whatever your day throws your way. Not only am I proof that this is possible, but the 100 plus clients I've worked with over the last three years are too. They are able to live every day with energy, without bloating, and feeling like their best selves. How is this possible? Through the Better Belly Method, my signature method to reduce your symptoms by 80% in three to six months, leaving you in a place where health feels easy. I want you to be able to go to every one of your child's or grandchild's soccer games and be able to be the too loud cheering parent or grandparent on the sidelines. I want you to be able to take that trip to Europe without worrying about where the closest bathroom is and if you know how to ask in French. I want you to be able to enjoy the holidays and family meals without fearing how you'll feel afterwards or feeling guilty about what you do eat. Your life should feel vibrant and your health should feel easy. Head to betterbellytherapies.com slash blueprint to learn exactly how you can make this happen today with my signature method. This is the best way to heal once and for all in a way that no traditional doctors will support you through. I can't wait to see you living your best life. Again, head to betterbellytherapies.com slash blueprint or click the link in the show notes to get started today. Now, back to the show. Yes. So two things. First is that there is no doubt that many people uh, would not access health care if it were to cost them cash at the time of the service. Um, and there are many people who drive cars who do not have insurance. That's uh, unimaginable to many of us, um, but they see it as an expense that they cannot afford. We see it as an expense that they can't afford not to afford. Mm. So it's mindset. It's a mindset difference. Absolutely. 
Uh, similarly, and so if you are if you are trying to raise the health of populations, then you want to entice them by giving them things that they perceive to be free. Okay, and so when your employer is spending thousands of dollars uh, for your health care, you don't see that as I'm not getting those thousands of dollars that the employer could have paid me, but rather you see it, you perceive it as health care that doesn't cost you anything. The other point that you bring up is the fact that uh, insurance has created a completely artificial market uh, relative to cost and expense. Um, and, and this is primarily because of two things. Number one, when the consumer of the product, in this case healthcare, is not connected to the cost of the healthcare, there is no incentive to look for bargains, just like we do when we're shopping for clothing or food right. or a car. Right, going to the thrift store versus buying new versus just buying at a totally different store. Exactly. There is no incentive. We are not connected to it. And in fact, your experience is very common that even if we were interested in the information, it is almost impossible to uh, apprehend that information. Now, one of the reasons that's true is that although you don't experience paying dollars for your health care, someone is, an insurance company is. But even among the insurance companies, they pay different amounts of dollars for the same service depending upon where those dollars are going. Uh, like many other industries, when you have a high volume customer, they get a discount. Okay. And so, um, those discounts tend to uh, harm people who pay cash. The, um, the house hospital or healthcare provider has, in general, a significantly inflated cash value on something so that when the discount that comes from the private insurance or the worst offender is the public insurance... Um, then the healthcare provider can still make a profit even when it's being paid 20 cents on the dollar. Yeah, so you have like some surgery that maybe maybe heart surgery normally costs twenty thousand dollars. That's what that's what the hospital's billing. And then, but because you know, ins if you're going through insurance, insurance is basically guaranteeing that heart surgeons gonna have a bunch of patients who are already on insurance who are gonna come through. You're basically guaranteeing volume. It's again, it's kind of like a market. It's supply and demand. Mm -hmm. And then you have somebody coming through who, for whatever reason, wants to pay cash pay for a heart surgery or their their insurance doesn't cover it or something is going on that, and we're just using this as an example. Um, they're looking at a $20,000 bill, even though technically with insurance, the insurance might only charge $10,000 because you have the discount because because you're a volume buyer, um, or you're at least a part of a volume buying system, which is your employer or whoever else has that insurance, um, which is why also why insurance can be super weird. 
On the other side, are you aware of or have you seen, I've seen smaller companies, so that's like hospital systems and like pharmaceuticals and like really big things going on. Yeah, usually what I've seen is that you have the big numbers becoming smaller, but in smaller situations like dental care um, and vision care, what I've seen is that they'll give you a discount if you pay cash for normal stuff, like compared to what they're charging the insurance because they can... I'm, are you familiar with that? Because I'm paying less cash pay than what they are billing insurance. Because they that's, like that's they all. like that I'm paying the money right now. They're probably getting more money from you in cash at the discounted rate than they're getting from the insurance company at the inflated rate because the insurance company is getting a built-in discount. That's why they like the cash. And it's, and it's crazy because as the consumer, it'd be like going to... It feels crazy. It's like going to a car dealership and saying, how much is that car? And they're like, mm, we don't really know. It, it depends which credit card you use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the, they have to check it and it takes forever. And they're like, and then they'll say, this is how much it is. And then later they're like, actually, we got the facts wrong. And by the time we build it, it was actually five grand more. And the problem is, is that they can't state different numbers for different people because the uh, government is going to do their discount based on the lowest rate that you charge someone. So they need to keep that number high. So let's, let's shift the conversation a little bit to something that I think is super interesting. So you're, you're a surgeon. You're actually a pediatric surgeon. You love working on kids. I grew up, just as a side note, make it a little bit more personal. I grew up with you wearing funny ties that had like squeak squeaker thingies in them that kids could press and making kids laugh. You like, you care about everybody. Like you don't want to have to turn anybody away to, to get your care. Um, and so in that way, you have like the heart of like a universal care system where, which is where insurance has been tending to lean towards so that especially we're thinking lower economic situation, people in that situation get access. But practically, you are more in a private healthcare uh, opinion, or, or maybe you should describe it on your own. Your, your heart is at universal care, but practically, um, can you describe, maybe in your own words, where are you standing, or how would you describe what you think would be helpful? Um, so... Um... I suspect many people conclude that I'm schizophrenic at the end of this, but I'm, um, uh, you've described it fairly well. It depends on what perspective I am looking from that determines uh, how do you solve the problem that you're looking at. Um, so uh, indeed, um, there are many benefits to for people who would not normally access health care for financial reasons to have the system that we have. Yes. Uh, 40% of my patients are on Medicaid. Uh, Medicaid pays less than 20%, 20 cents for every dollar that they are charged. Wow. Um, and that's, um, a limitation for many providers. You can't afford to make 20, 20 cents on every dollar. If, if all of your patients were that way, 
you it would cost you to go to work. Um, say that again. Say just say that again. If a hundred percent of your patients were Medicaid, you would lose money every time you go to work. You you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't be making money. Yes. Um, it's a much more complex system. There's a reason that we still see those patients, and um, the the fact of the matter is is that we've got uh, different populations of people with different priorities and with different um, financial resources. Um, and again, if you are a uh, healthcare demographer um, epidemiologist, then by all means, the, the way to provide the highest level of health across the population is to provide health care. For everyone. Uh, for everyone. Right. Uh, the downside of that system is that um, someone um, involuntarily has to provide the money for those who are unable to contribute uh, adequately for their own care. Um, and so from a political standpoint, uh, for some people, that is, uh, there's an unfairness there. Uh, you can also make an argument that there is a societal benefit uh, that I get in the same way that I pay more money individually for the roads that I drive on than other people do. But there's a huge benefit to me to have those roads. Um, you're just saying because you make more money or because yes. you're in a higher tax bracket. Right, right. right. So I, it costs me more to drive down the road than the person next to me. Who, if they're making, if they make less salary than That's you. That's right. Um, but I accept that increased cost because of the benefit that it gives me, both personally driving down the road as well as having products transported that, that benefit me at a lower cost. Um, the problem becomes, uh, when, um, someone chooses to do something that increases their health care costs at my expense. Um, and ultimately that can and may lead to, uh, a government system that says you can't have too large of a soft drink or, um, you have to wear a helmet when you ride a motorcycle or you have to wear a seatbelt. Um, and so that's where the tension is. Um, you are free to do whatever you would like to do that's legal uh, if you're willing to uh, be responsible for the cost of that activity. If you're not responsible for that cost, then there's there becomes interest on my part as the payer of your health care to limit your activity. Uh, and I think a lot of times people just don't think of it in those terms. Um, I have the opportunity to practice medicine uh, internationally, and it is always refreshing to me to see people make healthcare decisions uh, based on their financial resources. Um, they don't um, 
automatically disregard healthcare because it comes in an expense and sometimes a very great expense. But they do, like we do with all other commodities, they ponder the value of what they're spending money on. That is to say that um, an elderly person with a um, a life-ending diagnosis would feel bad to um, use up the resources of the extended family to live some small, shorter amount of time. Uh, we spend... Um, 25% of our healthcare dollars in the last year of life, okay? Now, again, I'm, I'm a multifaceted person. I am not by any means suggesting that uh, we ought to be determining people who no longer are eligible for care. Right. Uh, I do not uh, mean to say we should uh, fix our healthcare economics um, by uh, actively shortening lives or uh, withholding uh, therapies. Um, but again, if we're all in the same bucket, then that is all in the same financial bucket, then we need to ponder the relative value of it. And the, the, the luxury that we've had up until the present is that we have been able to afford all the care that could be delivered. We have either recently passed or are about to pass a point where we can no longer afford all the health care that could be given. And by we, you mean both the insurance, even someone who has insurance. I'm talking about, as a society, having all of us in the same health care bucket, okay, um, there are not, uh, again, at some point, if we've not already passed it, there are more opportunities to spend dollars on health care than there are dollars to pay for that health care. Yeah, if, if health care was a bank account, we are pulling more money out than we are putting in. Correct. Okay. And again, I've made kind of a broad statement. Some people would argue that that point should never come, that we should sacrifice everything in order to provide an, ex- an acceptable level of health care. Meaning more every- taxation. Is that sure? Or, or you know, uh, driving cheaper cars or living in smaller houses or spending less money on food um, in order to have that bucket of money that we spend on health care be larger. Um, again, uh, that is a point of view. I think it's often not appreciated what the impact of that point of view is on the whole in other areas. In other words, um, again, as a payor, that is when I'm paying for someone else's care, it's frustrating that they've gotten in an automobile drunk and had an accident. Oh, a, yeah, had a collision, maybe not an accident. Um, uh, I'm not particularly interested in taking away that person's freedom to do that, um, but I do at a certain level resent the fact that they then ask me to pay for that. 
Let's go back real quick. You mentioned, because um, you, you said a lot of things there. One of the things uh, that I thought is relevant to us now, because I think that some of the things that we're, we're talking about and also we're listening to, like my goal is, I think that a lot of our, my listeners, they're not the politicians. They may, maybe they're voters, but I'm not even, I'm, we're not talking about voting. We're not talking about, um, we're not talking about anything political or societal at this point, we're talking about what can an individual do. And, and what I liked, one of the things that you, what, and actually, let me just rephrase that, what an individual can do in whatever financial situation they are in listening to this podcast to, to come out of this, to, to, to get a better healthcare with the resources they have. And no matter what the insurance situation is, not blaming insurance, not being victims of it, like I said earlier, and one of the things you talked about is doing medicine overseas, internationally, and specifically you've worked in Liberia and you've worked in Nepal doing for free surgical care, like traveling as a surgeon who can, you can uniquely do many, actually many surgeries that nobody in those countries can do. So you're coming in and, and providing um, care out of the goodness of your heart to these people in these hospitals and however, they're still being asked to do some, they have to pay for something. They have to say, are they going to pay for a scan or are they going to pay for, you could probably list off lots of examples of things that they have to decide if they're going to pay and they decide it as a family, you know, what are our resources? Who is sick? How sick are they? What are the potential life ramifications? And they are seeing the dollars and then they see maybe there's two options for, there's option A will get XYZ outcome, option B will get XYZ outcome, and they both have two different price tags. What I think is, you use the word refreshing, what I think is empowering even when you hear something like that is if we have the same approach, maybe we still have more options than those people do. Maybe our costs are lower because we live in a, in a country where there is health insurance. Um, but if we have that mentality or that attitude, then we can take more ownership and, and, and sit down and actually say, no, but actually, doctor, how much is this thing going to cost me? And look around for options and feel empowered to do that. There are options. And one of the things I, I actually, I don't know if you've ever heard me tell this story. Um, a couple years ago, I had a client come to me. She had PCOS and endometriosis and a whole slew of just gut, um, hormone skin problems going on, really bad eczema. She'd already tried a lot of anything traditional that doctors could offer her. And they basically were like, you just have to be on birth control and at most maybe get pelvic surgery to get rid of some of your endometriosis. And she'd already had the surgery and still had pain <laughs> and was like, they don't, they didn't have anything else for her. So she comes to work with me and I say, Hey, we're going to do some of these lab tests. One of the tests that I recommended was some blood work. And I have the ability through my just through the labs that we partner with to get someone a full blood work panel for about $250. She went and through her insurance paid and she came back and said, you know, it was really expensive, but I, I was like all in to like do this work. And I got all the lab markers you recommended in this blood work. And I was like, what do you mean it was really expensive? She said, well, it was a thousand dollars. I was like, it was a thousand dollars for something I could get you for 250. And so there's different in lab pricing, even if it's the same markers. Um, and, and I think if she knew like, oh, I can shop around, I can ask for the prices. Um, and if she, 
if she felt empowered, she might have then said, oh, wait, I know Allison's going to charge me 250 but she assumed it was going to be either free or cheap because insurance was covering it. And so it really can vary for everything. Sometimes you'll get away lucky with insurance and you're like, yeah, it was $0 to get all that lab work. And other times it's like slapping a $500 bill on you, or in this case, a thousand. And so um, I think that that makes the difference. That's what I've seen has made the difference for me in my family's care. Um, just my daughter, Jay, me, and then and then even the clients we're working with is that, yeah, everybody's got different financial capabilities who I've worked with, but people eventually just say, here's the number. And we're very clear and open with what our costs are and what, what you can expect things to cost, at least in our program. And then you can say, here's the result you can expect. Is that worth it to me? Do I want to pay that money? And you then you can start to learn other skills like maybe I'll have a small savings account that's for cash pay you know, something that I'm going to know I'm going to pay cash at some point for health. And I don't want to be limited by saying, oh, insurance doesn't cover it. So I can't buy it. You're like, no, you could have a small savings account, not even like an HSA or FSA and start to just expect to do cash um, or know where you're going to pull it from. Sort of like these families, maybe they don't have a ton of cash, but they're figuring out something. Um, I don't know. Do you have any, any thoughts that you would add to that? Uh, I think we need to uh, extend this to a six-month discussion on uh, health care and costs. Uh, but to begin with, um, you asked for some practical things that people can do. So uh, first thing I think of is understanding that you can have um, what generally is referred to as catastrophic health care insurance at a very reasonable cost. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the idea is to cover the cancer, cover the car accident, uh, cover the unexpected health thing. Uh, and it will do that very well, but it's able to give that to you at a very limited cost because those are things that are not common. And obviously, it's going to cause you to uh, experience costs for things that are expected, whether it's the uh, regular colonoscopy, lab tests, or anything else. Um, number two is finding ways to procure uh, health care and the associated testing and such in a more efficient way. Um, the problem is, is that you're going to need to know what that way is before you get sick. Yes. Number one. Uh, number two, you're going to need to interact with a healthcare provider who is comfortable and familiar with those things. And that brings us to uh, the concept, the growing concept of direct healthcare. So um, many physicians are frustrated by the impact of insurance on their relationship with their patients. And uh, to address that frustration, they have completely exempted themselves from being involved in insurance. Uh, and generally, the way that direct uh, primary care works is that you pay a monthly fee to a, a local provider. And for that monthly fee, you are able to access their healthcare expertise. Uh, year-round, 
Um, you can, there aren't long wait lists. You are, you are a customer, you're a paying customer and, and it's to their advantage. And what they want to do is they want to be able to address your healthcare needs. And typically those kinds of practices will have similarly figured, made arrangements with radiologists, with laboratories to get the testing done, uh, at a, at a fee that you and I would look at and say, yeah, that seems like a reasonable amount to pay for this. It's not free, uh, and in fact, at times it's expensive. But I can I can handle that. Uh, I've been recommended to get a, a test uh, that only uh, that insurance doesn't cover. Um, you specifically, me specifically. Oh, okay. Uh, and the cost for the test is two hundred dollars, uh, and it comes you know recommended by my primary care physician. And it seems like a very reasonable thing to do. It's, it's not unlike a, an expense I would spend on my car to maintain it. Um, uh, you mentioned HSAs and FSAs. Those... And actually, before you move on HSAs and FSAs, can you speak real quick that what you just described with direct health care sounds familiar to me or what you, it sounds like concierge mm-hmm. um, doctors. Yes. OK, so yep. that's the same thing or same, same very, concept. Very similar? Yeah, yeah. OK, yep. right. So you're paying this monthly fee, whether or not you're seeing the doctor or even emailing them or anything that month. But if you need to, if you have a question, they usually have written out and it can vary doctor to doctor if the emails included or if a phone calls included, but it's usually pretty clear what you get with the monthly fee. And it's like any other commodity that we buy. We, we come into it with an understanding, a relationship with the person who's providing the commodity about what it is we are getting for our money. Yeah. And, and you're totally right. I, I love that you brought up that those providers then have those relationships with anybody else who you need because you know whether it's scans or or procedures and I love that you bring that up because that's that's honestly super similar to even the process that we have with the Better Belly Blueprint and in my office where you you pay a very clear fee and then you have very clear options for support and care and then and and it's not like but the problem. Hidden. The problem currently is is that if your primary care physician refers you to some specialist, there aren't many specialists who are working that oh, way. Sure. Um, and and I suspect in the future that'll become perhaps more available. But you suddenly get shifted over to the insurance side of things, and um, you know that can become expensive quickly because of these inflated prices. Let me also mention uh, my my own hospital. I'm sure others have done this uh, in the last couple of years have come up with this revolutionary idea that if you are recommended for care, that they can actually give you a cost before you um, uh, get the care. Uh, so that you can decide whether that's what you want to do. But that well, took- oh yeah, that's like so. You're basically saying being able to see a, a bill, a price tag on something. Exactly. Wow. But but that took <laughs> that that was moving mountains for the institution to be able to do that. That's wow. how buried that information is. Um, a, a good example is uh, we live in an area that has a lot of Amish, and uh, the Amish tend to be what we call self-paying. They they. The community insures itself. When they have a problem, they decide as a community whether that problem justifies the expenditure of the community's resources. Um, and so they are always paying cash. Uh, and I believe they have a prearranged discount with with the hospital. 
Um, so, but it's not unusual for them to uh, inquire what is the total cost of this care yes. before we start take the first step. Yes. Um, and, and you came home many years with Amish pies that they were selling from, that you would buy at the hospital that they would sell as a part of the way to raise funds. I mean, it's just, I remember learning that as like a 10 year old. This is from Amish. These are from the Amish. Why are they selling pies at the hospital? Because they are just trying to find every way to raise funds for this boy who has leukemia. Right. Um, so I think uh, we can go back to HSAs and FSAs. Yes. Um, again, you need to have an employer that provides them, but they are an incredible resource. Um, uh, particularly for HSAs, you can put pre-tax dollars in. So you, you get a discount that is equivalent to your income tax rate. And then when you spend it on medical things, again, there's no, it it is tax free. Um, And then HSAs, you can collect your entire life. So if you um, routinely put into an HSA, especially as a young, healthy person, you can have quite a pot of resource so that when you get your disease at 57 or 72, you can then draw on that resource. Um, Finally, uh, getting back to my schizophrenia, um, uh, in the current vernacular, we have had a very privileged conversation. That is, we have discussed healthcare in terms of people who can um, appreciate, comprehend, and foresee their need and have resources to uh, provide for those future potential needs. Um, it goes without saying that there is some significant part of our society's population who will never be there. Um, and it is unacceptable in my mind um, to say that it would be okay uh, for them to uh, suffer greatly as the rest of us go along uh, with our direct primary care and our um, retail laboratory and radiology. So we need to figure out some way to do this. Um, yeah, I think that we're in a mess because it's a. it requires a political solution that is hard to come to. Um, but uh, like many things that in the past we didn't think were possible, um, as, as the public becomes educated uh, and knowledgeable, um, it can have an impact on, on where the future goes. Um, and I don't have a, a clear, uh, this is the way we should do it. Um, I have lots of ideas. Yeah. Well, Dad, thanks so much for comp- just just talking with us. And, and again, my, my main hope is that people come away with a little bit of knowledge that they didn't have, a little bit of insight and what it's like to be a provider or have, have watched things almost from the inside of the bubble, um, as well as, as somebody who's also trying to access healthcare yourself. And I just hope that our listeners are able to look, look back on this, um, maybe re-listen to it if they need to, 
come away with some gleaning points so that they can feel empowered. Because, yeah, I mean, some people, like you said, dad, might not be able to access healthcare the same way if we're thinking lower socioeconomic situation. But, you know, middle, upper class, I think that we have the opportunity to potentially exit the matrix, <laughs> so to say. And that can make an impact if more people are, for example, doing the direct pay or concierge um, doctors. And then there's more demand, just like normal supply and demand. If there's more demand for radiologists who aren't working with insurance and can provide fair, fair costs to to for their services, then that can make it more applicable. Um, and again, there there is just an increasing number of options for us to to find better solutions. Again, even if we, it's not going to be the same solution for all of society. So thank you so much for your thoughts and your time today. Thanks for having me. Hey friend, I hope you loved this episode. If you've been a fan for a while or newly loving this podcast, can you do me a favor? Drop into Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. When you leave a review, you do so much. You help me know you're listening. You can tell me what you're loving so I know what to make more of. And you help others by boosting this podcast so other people like you can find the podcast too. I mean, it's a win, 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 right? So if you want a way to pay it forward, just go to Apple Podcasts or click the link in my show notes and leave a rating and review. And if you want some more free stuff, just head over to my free Facebook group, betterbellytherapies.com slash Facebook, and you can get access to all of my free support for you, including some Facebook group exclusive stuff like my podcast episode vault, where you can search the Better Belly podcast by topic and find exactly what you need to expedite your healing. I cannot wait to see you in there. Catch you guys next week.